Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hello, it's Greg Harrelson again, and um, I am excited to um, have another uh, exciting guest, another great guest on the Level Up podcast. So, you know, this is going to be an interesting episode. I am going to bring on the number one Century 21 real estate agent in the world for number of closed transactions in 2019. The good thing about it, this guest is an an agent in my office, so I have been um, had the pleasure of knowing this guest from the time they got their license or he got his license until the time he was awarded number one agent in Century 21 for number of sales. So we're going to dig deep into the how, the what is he thinking, how did he do it, what is his secrets, you know, things like that, all the stuff that the audience always wants to know about these types of guests. So without going any further, let me go ahead and just introduce him, bring him in, bring him in. Um, Kevin Mills, Century 21 Barefoot uh, Realty out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Great friend, investor, uh, partner of mine, and great real estate agent. Kevin, say hey and tell us a little bit about you. Awesome, Greg. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Kevin Mills, this will be, 2020 will be my sixth full year in real estate. So, uh, so been in it for five years and have had five awesome years with, uh, with you as a coach on this side. So last year we hit some good goals and, and this yeah. year we'll hit some more. Yeah, so... You know, just let's let's give them some background, okay? Yeah. And then we'll get into the meat of a conversation because I know we can go really deep. Uh, it seems sure. like we're, we have con- conversations every day, so you know we 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 we're so familiar with each other. Uh, the audience isn't. Um, so five or six years ago, you got into the business. You mm-hmm. were selling cars for a fairly short period of time, I believe, with yep. maybe six months or something like six, that. Six, eight months, yeah. Okay, and then you got into real estate. And so what did you do your first year, second year, third year? Can you kind of share with us the trajectory? Yeah, so the first year we had established I was only going to work sellers. So from the start, yeah. I was primarily building a listing-based business. So the first year was forty, about 41 transactions. Second year was, uh, was about 87 transactions. And then third year went up to 183. Uh, fourth year was 246. And then oh, wow. last year, I think the, the final number was 258 transactions. Yeah. So a heck of a, a, a trajectory in a short period of time. So, you know, let's just dive into this a little bit. You, yeah. know, you had mentioned here, um, we, we decided early on, you know, that um, you wanted to do a listing-based business. Who, who decided that? Because I don't remember. I, I know we did that. But can you recall how that conversation unfolded? Did you bring that to me? Did I introduce that to you? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I I I think just, yeah, being in the office environment, I just realized that listing agents were able to control their time a lot more than buyer's agents were able to control their time. And uh, just having one daughter, now two daughters, I wanted to make sure that uh, that I could control my time a little bit better, spend some time with them, but uh, but ultimately just have a business where I could come in, do the day-to-day, and my schedule really wasn't, um, affected by whether a buyer could come in town over the weekend or, or something like that. I just saw it more yeah. more of a controlled. And, and also, I, I think I, I just learned from the beginning that listing agents 
primarily did more business than buyers. They, they did more transactions on an annual basis, whether that was some Mike Ferry CDs that we were listening to or whatever that might be at the very beginning. I yeah. just knew that was the way I wanted to build my business. I saw other agents in the office that were listing agents that, that I liked the way that they ran their business. It's a little bit more predictable um, if, you, if you just implemented the steps. And, and that's what I liked. So, right. that, so yeah. we had the conversation. So in a very short period of time, you, as an observer, you kind of picked up that that was going to be the model that you wanted to focus on. Yeah, I'd say definitely in the first two, three weeks. Okay, good. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, listing-based business and just, uh, gosh, there's so many things that I can, that are, that are going to come to my mind, but what did you start doing? How, you know, uh, well, let, let me, let me, let me stop that. Let me, let yeah. me change directions. Out of the 250 plus transactions you did, how many of those were buyers? How many were sellers? Yeah, I, I think I did 12 buyer transactions this last year. Yeah. I tell you, there were between two different buyers that I had that were both sellers for me at one point, and I didn't look at any of those properties that they bought. I mean, they Got came it. to me on all 12 of those saying this is what they wanted to buy. Buy, I wrote it up and they bought it. So there were there were 12 easy, fairly easy transactions with people who were sellers of mine before they were buyers. Got it. Now we're, we're, it was only two people that bought a total of 12. Yep. Okay. So you really, out of the 200 and some transactions, you only worked with two buyers. I do know that it came up to 12 sales. Um, So then we have to we can safely say that every other transaction was a listing closed, uh, a closed, a listing transaction. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Got it. And, And I want to now immediately people are probably thinking, how big is this guy's team? And this is like the, this is where I get excited, right? Because, you know, if we look at a lot of corporations, if we look at a lot of teams as a, as a solo agent, you're really, you're really producing um, at a level that's much greater than most teams when they have 10, 15, 20 people on their teams. So um, you're, I, I already know the answer. You don't have a team. Now, I guess to be completely transparent, you have an assistant or two. So how many assistants do you have? So I have one assistant. She's a licensed realtor. So I got her license last year. It was her first full year of being licensed. She's full-time. She works six, seven days a week. She's a hard worker. She's a great, great addition to my yes. staff. And I also have a virtual assistant that just does basically data input. So yeah. as far as when I get new people, they put them in our different databases and, and follow-up campaigns that we have on this end. And that's really their primary responsibility. They'll send out like an auto email after showings um, just to get some feedback on that side. But that, that's basically the virtual assistant. And then I have the full-time assistant. That, that's my entire staff. And your full-time assistant is admin, right? It's not Correct. full-time. Uh, it's not a list, not going out on listing appointments for you. No, no so, yeah, she just does admin work. So you, offers. Yeah. you are responsible for the 200 and something, 250 say, you know, listings that sold. You are the one responsible for getting all those listings. Every no other one person one. on your team. Nope. Every single okay. one of them. Yes. Now, Greg Harrelson will approve that statement because I know this to be true. So I'm, I'm leading him and uh, leading Kevin in some of these questions because I want to make sure this gets out. You know, I think people, Kevin, sometimes they flock to building a team too fast when if they actually just really optimize their internal systems and manage and leverage themselves a little bit more, they could have extraordinary profits while doing 
tons of transactions on their own, right? So we start getting distracted and either I don't want to do this or I don't have time for this. So we add team member after team member after team member. Then you have to focus so much time on training team member, team member, and team member. You can't focus on your own production. Maybe you eventually do a good number of deals, but the profitability is low because there's so many people dipping into that pie. So you really have one full-time assistant and one full-time virtual assistant, correct? Correct. Got it. Okay, perfect. Now, I, I, I think we should add, as, as, a, as a company, we have listing coordinators, so you don't have to input stuff. Correct. The listing. We have closing coordinators to help manage the transactions. So that's company huge. staff yeah, that yeah. you're supporting, but you're doing extraordinary things. Okay, great. So let's go back to, you decide, you, you know nothing, mm-hmm. you got your license, you know nothing. Oh, I'm just going to be a listing agent. How old were you? 22. So you're, so you're young, you know yeah. nothing, and I'm just going to be a listing agent. Okay. Right. Going to 40 deals your first transact, or your first year. What, um, what were some of the things that you did right that set you on that 40 deal path for your first 12 months? Yeah. So I, I focused primarily, I didn't have any money to start. So, I, so profitability is where I wanted to focus on. So, so what could I do that cost me the least amount of money that, that gave me a, a good return? And it was making outbound phone calls. So it was, out, it was just prospecting every day. So what yeah. I did every day is I just came in and I cold call every single day for that first year. I mean, I'm still, I'm still making outbound phone calls, but, but for that first year, that's what I did every day. I beat up the phones seven days a week on cold calling. I started some for sale by owners, maybe after the first two or three months, I started expireds maybe after the first seven, eight months, but off the bat, it was just cold calling neighborhoods every single day. So why did it take you so long to start off with the expires? <laughs> <laughs> Greg Harrelson wouldn't let me call the expires. It was a good move, though. I learned I learned a lot through, through trial and error on my own conversations. So when I was able to call the expires, I had a track record that showed yeah. I could sell property. I knew how to handle objections, and I was better poised to go into an interview. Starting off from the bat, if I would have went in, I probably would have gotten mauled in those appointments, you know, and, and it would have been a bad experience. It might have even turned me off from never even wanting to do another expired list again. So yeah. thankfully, when I went into it, I, I had a little bit of background. I had a little bit of knowledge and, and I've already been on quite a few appointments, presentations. So uh, so I went in there competing with other agents and, and knowing what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I look back and I think that's a great move. And I think that is yeah. a mistake that a lot of agents make is they, they, they go and attack the highest quality lead source that they can, but they actually have the lowest level of skills when they do it. A, a new agent, besides personal skills that you might be bringing in. Let's just talk about experience and skills that you learn through, you know, real estate coaching um, right. and training. You know, when you're new, your skill level is going to be the lowest it'll ever be in your career. And then you're going to go attack the, the one pillar that requires the highest skills. So my whole thinking behind that was just like if I was coaching a, a sports team, you are brand new to the sport. I wanted you to spend more time in the gym and in the, in the, uh, the non-game hours, practicing your skill. Let's practice those shots when it doesn't count. Practice, practice, practice. So once you got a lot of reps in, then it's like, okay, now let's go play that game. And that proved to really uh, work well. I think it's one of the reasons, at least that, that, that concept may be one of the reasons why your trajectory went from 40 to over 80 in the second year. Because you got to remember, um, uh, the audience needs to remember this. If you closed, because we we're not talking about closed and pending. Right. In the Level Up podcast, Greg Harrelson talks real numbers. Okay. Right. I don't sit there and say closed and pending was 40. No, no, no. That's bullshit. I, so we're talking closed. 
which means the first, the, you know, he had to get listings that then sat on the market that had to get offers that had to then close. So your six month to 12 month, you must have been crushing it. All of them. I looked at this the other day. I was speaking to somebody on it and I started in January. My first closing wasn't till May. Wow. And I think we had a couple in June couple in July and then August on is where you started seeing consistency. But from January until May, there wasn't one closing. A lot of that had to do with me taking maybe a property overpriced or not knowing the, the price adjustment script off the bat or having that conversation well. But yeah, I mean, that first five months, it was just me trying to build an inventory, building a database. Right. So patience is yeah. something people need to hear, um, you know, uh, right now is you got to understand that yeah. you, you set a goal. You kind of had an idea of what you wanted your business to look like. You committed and you executed, and then you had patience. Agreed. Very, very important. So now, fast forward your 250 plus you know, transactions, um, really not a team. Some people are going to argue, well, he has a team because he has an assistant. You won. If, you, if you're one of those that's going to argue that, then you won. You're right team if you want to what I'm talking about it's not 10 people it's not 20 people it's one person taking 200 and something listings that are actually closing okay and he's going to do the same thing this year if not more or buy more properties who knows what your goal will be but you know what are you doing now not necessarily tactically you know like oh I'm dialing this number but how, how are you doing this like what would you say if you could take what you believe, what you perceive is your number one strength. If you could take that and, 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 and give it to somebody, could you tell us what it is you would give? Like, what, is, what do you perceive your number one strength being? Yeah, I think I have two that are at the top of my list. I think one's hunger, just constant hunger every single day. And the second's consistency. I'm extremely consistent. Um, every week I, I run just about the same schedule. I'm in the office at the same times every single day. Um, there's, there's not too much that gets, gets me off my schedule, but every day I come in hungry as well. Start at zero every single day. So both things I think added together leads for a pretty good result. Yeah. One of the things that I wrote down on my list, um, I wrote this down this morning when I was thinking about you and I doing this. And it was, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning, mm-hmm what what's going through your head when you wake up that's making you wake up hungry because let me tell you one thing i know you're not hungry in the sense of um you know we're not worried about paying our bills right we're way past that game right yeah so there's there there's the hunger or in some cases the starving and, and that the starvation when people are like trying to figure out how am i going to pay my bills this month you're not there right you're not starving but you remain hungry. How in the hell do you remain hungry when you're doing this amount of business? Yeah, I think it's a a few things. One, again, I start my day at zero. Every single morning when I wake up, I have zero listings taken. I have zero properties under contract. I have zero listings. I'm just at zero every morning. So every morning when I wake up, I know that day I have absolutely nothing. And the second thing is just the chase to be exceptional. I I just have a mindset to not be ordinary, not live an ordinary life. And uh, thankfully to, to you and others, I've got to meet some pretty extraordinary people. And, and I, I really like having those conversations and to be surrounded by extraordinary people, you need to do extraordinary things. So right. just that chase to, to be extraordinary and do extraordinary things gets me up every morning. And I tell you, I just don't even think twice about it. Every right. day I wake up starting from zero and, and I'm, I'm on a chase to be extraordinary in, in the field that I'm in right now. So it just, right. it just keeps me going. 
So when, when you wake up and you're like, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm at zero. I've got nothing. Like yesterday was yesterday. It's gone. Yep. You know, there's another thing that you've said so many times. You said something, and I'm going to get this wrong. Please correct me. Yep. And that is um, your own minute. You, you, feel, you always feel like you're only blank amount of days from going out of business. What is that statement you make around the office sometimes? Yeah, 60 days. Only 60 days from going out of business. I honestly believe that. I yeah. know. I know. I want you yeah. to share that. Tell, tell, yeah. tell me more about that. So right now, I, I, let's just say I have, I think it's right about 100 listings, 98 listings right now, which is a little bit lower. Last year, I was carrying about 115 on average. So I'm at 95 listings, currently have about 30 of them under contract. That's 60 properties. I'm averaging 30 under contract. So if I put 30 under contract in the next 30 days, then 30 under contract the next 30 days, I'm out of inventory. I have no more inventory. So for me, it's a constant game of I have to get at least 25, 30 listings a month to be able to say I'm... 30 more days out from being at the end of the rope and, and, and being out of business. So every month I have the goal to hit X amount of listings and it's 30 plus. So, uh, so as soon as we're, we're pricing them right at this point, thankfully we're in a good market. So I'm seeing a lot of properties going under contract. I'm averaging five to seven properties a week going under contract, which in my mind, it's great that I have these properties going under contract, but as soon as another one goes under contract, I have to replace that with at least one to two more listings because not all of your listings will sell. So I'm constantly under the, mindset of I need more listings. I need more reductions to turn into pendings. So it's just a game that just keeps going, man. And, and I enjoy the game. I enjoy the, I enjoy the hunt. Yeah. You know, my coach, um, it, it was, and, and of course, most people know that Mike Ferry coached me for so many years, or at least mm -hmm. um, between Mike and coaches within the Mike Ferry organization. And, um, and, and, and I always, you know, I always remember that, you know, we got to start off zero, but here's the thing that one thing that he said that I kind of hear and he says, if, if you didn't have a little bit of fear, then you're probably not doing anything that really, that's, that's really relevant, that really matters. When you say I'm 60 days from going out of business or, you know, that you, you use that conversation and to stay grounded, you know, what that shares with me is that shows that you're, you're a little bit scared, that you have a little bit of fear. And I was always told by my coaches that you have to have a little bit of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, I always fear the same thing. I, I, I believe me, I fear somebody's going to take me out, you know, all the time. It's, I mean, I know there's plenty of people that are in their meetings saying, how do I do this? I'm going to beat you. Know, I, in 2020, there's plenty of people that have on their goals is to beat me. Right. Sure. And yeah. it's like, I have me that too. little fear. And I know that like for my family and whatnot, that shit doesn't even matter. Right. But it does matter when you're, when you're a competitor, it does yeah. matter. Those things Absolutely. kind of, like that fear kind of fuels you. So for those of you, you know, you got to understand that there could be some levels of fear that's healthy. And I think what Kevin is doing is he's kind of demonstrating how that little fear about going out of business in 60, 60 days um, uh, kind of relates to him being hungry every day, starting every day at zero, not worrying about or not, not, not celebrating what he did yesterday today. He may celebrate yesterday for what he did yesterday, but not today celebrations over now let's go to work yeah i think we, we we said this i forgot it was years ago and i shared this with you that i think you said this but to be able to start every day at zero you have to end every day at zero so mm -hmm. i used to pull up right before because i'd come into my house and i'd be on highs someday and i'd be on lows someday so when i pulled in my my garage every day turned off the car i always just sat there for a second and said today's over i'm at zero now whatever happened happened tomorrow it's going to start over the game's over Tomorrow yeah. we start playing the game again, the game's over, good or bad. So when I walk into that house, I'm at zero. 
Uh, I was here for my kids, for my, for my wife. I, I have no real high, real low emotions. I'm in there to be a father. And then the next day I start off and I start the car and say the same thing. Game's back on, starting fresh. Yeah. And that's yeah. always helped level it out. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So um, there's a, a few other things here that I've got here. Well, you said consistency. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody knows in office that you are Mr. Consistent. Um, mm-hmm. But there's so many people that struggle with consistency. And there's so many... Uh, there's so many, there, there's so many excuses, or I'm going to say, like, we will call it excuses when we're, when we're looking at someone else that's telling us they, they can't be consistent. But when somebody else is having challenge with consistency, they don't think it's excuses. They think that their excuses are actual truths, right? Um, how, how do you remain so consistent with all the distractions that are actually going on in the industry? Yeah, I'm thankful that I have a good, I have a, I have a great wife at home that really supports me. So I think that that's the first thing that me and my wife are on the same page as far as what my goals are in my business. So she really supports me. So a lot of things that uh, that, that maybe other parents don't get get a lot of support or uh, or a lot of help on that. My wife completely understands when I have to be at the office every day at six o'clock in the morning. When yeah. I have to stay until seven, eight o'clock some nights, she completely understands. So for me. I think the first step is, is I hired a coach, which was you, who obviously is the owner of the company. And I just listened to what you said. I, I was extremely coachable when we started yeah. out on, on hearing what my routine had to be. So unless you recommended that I look at some shiny object, I didn't look at it. I really wasn't in the, in the industry I, on all these websites trying to search for the newest thing. I just knew that I had to come in. I had to have good conversations. I had to talk to a lot of people. I had to make sure they were qualified. I had to make sure that they had urgency in wanting to sell their property. I had to price it correctly and the property would sell. So every day I just had the same objectives every day. Come in, call these numbers, have great conversations, have X amount of appointments, take X amount of listings, do X amount of reductions. And I just have stuck by that same formula and I've just increased it and I've systematized it and I've made it more efficient as we've gone. But realistically, my day, my, my day now compared to five years ago is hardly any different. I, it's I, I essentially know. the exact yeah. same day. I'm just yeah. doing different activities, calling different pillars or maybe like I'm not negotiating contracts anymore. My assistant is now. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing taken off my plate, but that leads me to be able to call more people and follow up from, with more people. And now I've built a database that's, that's really responding to me because they've been in there for four or five years. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I know it's in your blood, like the calling part, right? Because yeah. You and I invest in a lot of properties and, you know, we're constantly um, looking at opportunities, buying opportunities, rehabbing. And as you and I set our goals for how many properties we're going to buy, say, in this particular year, 2020, you know, you and I immediately say, okay, um, who are we going to go? What, what, is, what is our target list? Um, how do we get their dang numbers? Let's go get the highest quality numbers we can and let's call them. Like, you know, and, and it's interesting. It's just about anything that you talk about uh, growing. It always comes down to who's our target? How do we find them? And let's go talk to them. Yep. And you then know, once we get that going, it's how do we make it more efficient? Yes. Okay. Now what's yeah. the infrastructure? So when we get it, how can we run this thing and optimize the system so we can leverage our, our, our uh, leverage some sort of staff or infrastructure to go ahead and process so we can go out and hunt more. And I think I bring that up because I think that's the formula because don't, most agents, and you know many of them um, around the country, they just don't think like that. They think of, I want, this is my new goal. How can I have it occur? And they, they're, in the plan, there's always a, a, a hole or a void in the area of how many people you're going to contact. 
And that's what I see in the industry. People are like, well, what new widget, what new tool, what new website, what new lead source do I need to buy? You know, so how many, how much money are you spending on Zillow? Zero. Realtor.com? Zero. Um, homes.com? Zero. Bold leads, prime Zero. seller leads, offers.com. I mean, I just go on and yeah. go on and on. It's zero, right? Yeah, zero. zero. Yeah, on everything. Yeah. My only, my only expense is my assistant, kind of the, just the office materials that I need. And then yeah. a couple a couple websites that, that I might have pull numbers for. Like maybe I have a Red X doing my expires, helping me with that. But other than that, my expenses, if you took out my assistant, my expenses per month is under $1,000. Got it. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's, yeah. I, I hope. Pause, rewind, pause, rewind. People need to listen to this. Yeah. You know, and this is, I think, the power of, of it's one of the reasons why in our company that I spend so much time coaching the real estate agents. I, I would say most of my coaching is probably trying to protect you guys more than it is to influence you guys. It's like I, I'm trying to protect you guys from all of these distractions so you all can just do the ordinary things that create the ordinary you know, results. Whereas all these distractions, they're trying to sell people the extraordinary process. And then when you look at all the people that buy all these things and you look at their production, they're typically not the top producers. Yep. It's, it's, it, it's insane. I mean, it's, yeah, they are, they're not profitable, right? Yeah. You know, I, I've said this, and you've heard me say this, that the real estate industry, and I've heard, um, it wasn't me that, that, that thought of this. Somebody said this. I can't remember who. I probably wouldn't tell you their names anyways. Um, but they said the real estate industry is the best industry to be in if you just want to sell stuff. Because like what you can do is you can like package up this, here's the way to get a bunch of listings without making a call. Right. right. And then you put a nice little cover on that product around that box. And then in your the entire real estate industry is is um, in the market for that type of product. Right. And then but what will happen is you'll sell that product and all these people will buy it and it doesn't work. And then all of a sudden what will happen is then that product will go under. Mm -hmm. But then next year, there's this other product. That sounds like the other, the, the last product. And all they did is put a new wrapping around that product, sold it to the same damn ages. It's kind of like the Atkins diet versus the South Beach diet versus the North Beach diet. It's like the same diets are repackaged with different covers and sold year after year to the same people that failed in the previous year. That's the real estate industry. How have you sure. kept yourself insulated from all that, Kevin? I think I just from being consistent and making outbound calls, I've gotten results that all these other agents that have tried these other methods are asking me what I'm doing because it's working so well that I've yet to meet anybody who has yeah. something that, that I want, that's doing a system that, that I'm not doing, that's, that's being more profitable or doing more transactions than me. So when all these agents that, uh, that are doing all these shiny systems are coming to me saying, hey, what are you doing? We want to be on what you're doing. We're, we're tired of what we're doing. It just make, gives me confirmation that what I'm doing is, is the correct way. Okay. So, uh, so I just don't see anything replacing that. So let's speak on that because I yeah. know you get a lot of calls like that. Like, yeah. hey, what are you doing? 
And it's, and it's probably a kind of a Debbie Downer, like when you answer, because they're like, well, you mean that's all you're really doing? I mean, you don't have any other secrets. So you, you've told people many times what you're doing. You told everybody today what you're yeah. doing. Okay. What, why are people not getting the same results if they know what to do? Why are they not doing? What do you think the disconnect is between somebody who's executing like you and somebody who's not? What's the disconnect? Yeah, I think it part of it might be being detached from the outcome when somebody rejects rejects uh -huh. you on the phone. So in my opinion, and I learned this early on, the people aren't rejecting you. They're just rejecting your product at this certain time. Just like if you were to call me right now and ask me if I if I want a pizza, I don't. I just had lunch. No, thank you. But you could call me the next day, and I might if I'm starving. It's the same thing. So early on, I learned that people aren't rejecting me. They're rejecting the product that I'm offering to them right then. So I'm not taking offense to it. To a lot of people, I don't think know what to say. They don't know how to handle objections they haven't really studied and they haven't practiced and they haven't really honed in on their craft and i think when they get on a phone call and just get tore to shreds by somebody on the other end it just beats them down so bad that they just give up so yeah. i think learning your skills practicing your skills to start off with and being detached once you're on the phone is just key and just to keep on going keep on going keep on going Got it. Yeah, that's that's great. Great. So I want to just kind of finish this because I didn't want to take too much of your time. I know you got to go get some listings uh, because you're almost out of business. <laughs> 60, days. <laughs> 60 days. You're almost out of business. Um, you know, if, if you were going to coach, um, you know, a group of real estate agents and you could only just share with them maybe one one strategy, one tip that you feel is probably like the one thing that you need that everyone needs to know. You know, in order to start building a listing-based business and, 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 and generate a lot of momentum like you have, what would you say if you, if you could only really say one thing? Yeah, I think you need a plan to start off with. So the first thing is that you need a really detailed plan on how you're going to run your business. And from that, I got that from you. So I, I think more importantly, you need a coach. Hmm. So from the start, just like any, any great anything that we can think of in today's world, basketball player in it, they all have coaches. So hmm. starting out, I was lucky enough that the owner of my company was a great real estate coach and has been in coaching and been coached by many people. So I had a great coach to listen to. Where a lot of agents that, that I've met and talked to and know around the world, they don't have any coach. So they have no coach holding them accountable helping them with their business plan, setting achievable targets, kind of just piquing their interest, piquing their mind on a daily basis with different ideas or different conversations or helping them out with the conversations that they're having. That's just one thing that I had. So first off, I think you need to have a coach. I think you need to, you need to really go by a schedule. You need to be held accountable and, wow. uh, and be a coachable to the person that you hire. Yeah, great advice. Well, I sure do appreciate you taking the time. And I, again, we're both privileged to just be able to hang out so much with each other and, and learn from each other. Um, if somebody wants to send you a referral, you know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, maybe send you their business, uh, you know, because surely you're open for referrals. Yeah, absolutely. My, my phone number is 843-213-8754. Feel free to call or text me if you have any referral business or my email is kevinmillsc21, like century21 at gmail.com. Either of those work. Okay, man. And if anybody, um, any of the listeners out there, um, you know, of the podcast want to ask me any questions, just uh, shoot me a uh, Facebook message, a message through uh, the Messenger app, and I will uh, jump right on it. It seems to be the most efficient way for me to do things. And then, of course, I could um, really use any reviews that you want to give us for the uh, podcast. Uh, good reviews, bad reviews, just give us your reviews. All reviews are good reviews, actually, and it helps us get, uh, you know, additional guests 
uh, and traffic to the show and then subscribe so you can uh, you know get notification uh, notifications pushed to your cell phone when a new podcast is released. I've, I'm going to be doing some um, some uh, additional podcasts with just me and some of my agents that I have really good relationships with that are doing a tremendous amount of business, trying to do like what Kevin and I did, just kind of lift up the hood, show you the engine, and share some thoughts that might help you get to the next level. So Kevin, thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time. I sure do. And for those of you that are listening, thank you for your time and please spread level up with everyone. Talk to you soon.